This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to how pleasant this is. Good morning. Oh my God. I hear people say that all the time. Hey, good morning. It must be that new car of yours. That's yes, that's what it is. Good morning. I'm a disc jockey. Good morning to you. It's going to be a beautiful day. Is that your version of a pleasant voice? I guess. I don't know. Here's mine. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You can use that one. I like yours. Your sound is like a, a manic uh, puppet. A good morning. I am a manic puppet. That might be why that happened. We sound so different in the morning because usually I wake up and go, oh, God, not again. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> Today I thought my alarm, this is too loud. Like it had a moment where I go, is there a setting on this? This is insanely loud. But I think I was in also There that. are settings. Mm-hmm. I felt it was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life this morning. Okay, you're going to run this by uh, Rudy. You probably know about this already, but I ran this by Brittany already. I watched the news this morning, and it's so horrendous, it got me in a good mood, because it's like, I I can't even deal with these people one-on-one, even though I'm not talking, you know, there's people you run into in the street. Um, Two things happened this morning. One I thought was hilarious, actually. One, not hilarious in the least. You want the hilarious or the serious first? Let's do serious first so we can end on hilarity and then okay, go off that. And you might not find it hilarious. I just do because okay, people, people are getting more effed up every day. I'm a little worried with what, the My option My personal politics is going to run your life. No, it's not. Get away from me. Yeah. Why are people into that now? My politics are all that matters. Tell me the serious one first. Serious one first? Yeah. Okay, what was the serious? Oh, Marion County, Florida. Okay. I was telling Britt Britt this already. Oh, this mm-hmm. is bad. Uh, kids are playing in the street. They're bouncing a ball in the street. Apparently, one of the neighbor women thought it was too loud. The bouncing ball, not screaming. Sure. Just a bouncing ball. So uh, her answer to that was to go next door and kill their mother. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. What? You didn't see that twist coming. No. What? My. M. Night Shyamalan has nothing on that. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's so sad. He shot the mother. Okay. Okay, do me a favor. Just because I had this set up and I was so blown away by what you said. Say that one more time. And then she went next door and killed the mother. Oh, damn it. It didn't work. Never mind. All right, I was going to do the big sting because I I didn't think you were going to go like... Dark. Yeah, dark, dark. That is dark, man. Well... (laughs) I thought I thought you were gonna have like a jovial kind of like. Yeah. Guess what happened? To, no, no, no. Oh, I, I do have a jovial. If that would have landed, I would have sat yeah. here going, "This is too dark for me." <laughs> my, That's too dark. That's me saying a lot. You were right to go with the, the serious one first. But again, I just would like to point out to people: we are not living in a normal world. If you think that everything's just like it's all, people are insane now, killing each other on a daily basis over nothing. Uh, treating people horribly, getting people fired because you don't like them, doing this, doing that. We are not living in a normal world right now, and I don't know when the hell it's going to change, but you people are mentally ill. And by you people, I mean Brittany and Rudy. That's who I mean. The masses. Right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's insane. I can't even, my brain can't even fathom that. Because here's, here's the kind of neighbors I have. In my life. Growing up in my 20s, I wasn't the best neighbor. We may have been no, loud. I lived yeah. in apartment buildings. But there is either we don't talk or we're friends. Right. Like, there doesn't need to be that much in between. Maybe there's a knock on the door saying, hey, bring it down, whatever. But, like, full-on feud with your neighbor to yeah. the point of that, to that extent. You know what's amazing? Is where I live now, and I've lived there, I think we're, we're in our third year now. Yeah. And if you... As you look at our house, it's right at the end of the cul-de-sac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Centered in the end of the cul-de-sac. Exactly like my house. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. Yeah. Okay, so if you look at my house, you go three houses to the right. That would be Carl and his lovely wife Jennifer, who's a great person. Shout out to Carl and Jennifer. Then you move over and you got John (laughs) from St. Louis Park originally. Yeah. Then one more house over is Jim and his sister, nicest people in the world. Then there's my house. Yeah. Then there's Mike and Susan. Just to the left of my house. Then there's John and Amy, two Johns. Oh my God, you know everybody. Then you got Trish and you got Jeff. Why? Why? And then you got Brett, who just. I got like 10 neighbors surrounding yeah. my house, and we get together every Friday and sit in, in lawn chairs and BS. I. It's a ball. I am at a point and very thankful, especially during the pandemic. <clears throat> 
We love our neighbors. Yeah. I mean, you know I love the Phenomenal. Goldens. I constantly talk about Priscilla, Brian, yeah, do, yeah. Josie, Well, it's the wrong Golden. It's Richard Goldens. That's a great oh, guy. But you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sure they all know each other. I'm the Goldens <laughs> convention. Is that an anti-Jewish thing you're saying? Is no, that what? You're, what? Yeah. What? yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but A muttle. But during the pandemic, I mean, we were always all hanging out yeah. in the cul-de-sac. That's how it started. The exactly. Hellers, you know, Don, Bailey, all these, all hanging out in the cul-de-sac. And now what's awesome, even though I love, I love the, I love Carrie and Dave next door, I love them, but everyone has a cabin except we, you know, my parents have a cabin, but we don't have one, but we hang out in the cul-de-sac like it's our own because everyone leaves. Right. I mean, we treat that oh, yeah. thing like it's yep. our sport court, our tennis court, our basketball <laughs> court. Pickleball. We, oh, yeah, we park in the middle of that. We do, you know, it's like our own private little, you know, Santa asphalt. Quest. Out there doing burnouts on a freaking yeah. four-wheeler. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. In the winter, in the middle of the cul-de-sac, is there a giant mountain of snow? No, we get this mountain in our oh, yard. Oh, you get the mountain they in your yard. put the mountain in our yard. <laughs> and I'm not mad at it either. It's not like we're frolicking, and it's pretty fun. The kids play on it all the time. Remember I came home in February for about a week? Yeah. I pull up to the house in the taxi, and I went, what the hell? I'm not kidding you. The pile was as high as this ceiling. It's pretty fun. It, mm -hmm. So I'm looking, and like, how are we going to get around that to get to my driveway? Yeah. But then the next day, it was gone. They Whoa. came and hauled it away. Oh, so they, they put it in the middle of the cul-de-sac, and then they come and... And they come and take it. Really? They yeah. did not I've do that, that for us. No. Don't they really? Our, since we are the like mid-center back... They just push it right onto ours, and it just builds and builds. I yeah. told you not to move into a ghetto, but you wouldn't listen to me. I don't mind it. I don't mind the all the things. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind Eden Prairie. I don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. all of Eden Prairie. <laughs> I call Slum it the, Lord. I call it the haves and haves more because <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, there you go. I look there at. I sit and wash my dishes, and I look. I can see Bear Path across the street. Oh, I love. And Bear I'm always Path. like, must be nice. And then I look around. I'm like, shut up, Brittany. You're yeah. fine. Greg Olson, go and say hello to Greg for me. He's a good buddy of mine. Can you get my husband in there? Yes. Be honest. Oh, yeah, I could easily get him in there. Because every day, we were, we were right up next to the third hole, our fourth hole, and every day he sits and practice putting in our yard and goes, someday, someday. Well, like I said, if he wants to meet Greg, I'll bring him over there. We can have lunch. And he's, like, Justin's normal. Like, I'm eccentric. I get that no, somebody might not want to do 18 holes with me, but you've met Justin. Or one, for that matter. Or one, or one. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. like, he's, like, nice just level. He, he's very even keeled. He's yeah, he so is. even keeled. Yeah. yeah. Rudy's met him too. Yeah. So we'll take care of that. Not, not about, well, my, you know, you guys know my favorite picture of Greg Olson. <laughs> I don't. It's the Greg Olson who was the catcher for the Atlanta Braves he's from Minnesota. Originally, he's a nice Minnesota boy. There is a picture of him and I cannot remember who the twin is sliding into home, but Greg Olson ends up literally upside down in the air. He hits him so hard sliding in that Greg ends up with his feet straight up, his head straight down, and he's about two feet off the ground. Oh, yeah. That's the first picture that pops Isn't up when that? you... Yeah. <laughs> he is, it looks like he's breakdancing. His feet are straight up in it, the it air. It does. It's, it looks like that's Dan Gladden. <laughs> it Holy is Dan Gladden. Buckets. That's exactly what we, you're absolutely right. It looks, it was Dan looks Gladden. like a yoga move. It looks let me like... See, let me see the picture. Tripod. Well, this is the... Um... He's got a big, giant blow-up of it. It's phenomenal. Look at that. Is that unbelievable? He looks like he's doing tripod head <laughs> yeah. headstand. Can we put that up on our website or something? Sure, yeah. The Thank look you. on Gladden's face is like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I'll post it. Greg, we love you, man. You know that to be true. That must have been a bitch being from oh, Minnesota oh, yeah. to have to play the Twins yep. in the World Series on a different... God, that would hurt, man. I, know. I think about uh, you know the Jones brothers from Apple Valley and... You know, one of them plays for Memphis right now. Oh, yeah. And it must sting a little bit to be... I mean, obviously, yeah. you're living a great life. And you can always come back and sign a day contract with the Timberwolves just to re be able to either retire or say you played for your hometown right, team. Right. Yeah. But that would suck to have to come back for a team. Like, there's a lot of great football players that come out of Minnesota that we don't necessarily hear about, but they do have, you know, five, six, ten-year careers in the NFL. And there was a kid who went to Eden Prairie or he played for Lakeville. And then he plays in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, at the end of his career, he's like, 
I just wanted one season yeah. as a Viking, just yep. one. It's kind of like, remember those monkey paw uh, wishes people would make, and they'd yeah. be like, curse, they'd be like, I want to go to the World Series with the Twins, and, the, and they're like, but you're going to play against yeah. the Twins. Yeah, I want to go to the World Series with the Twins, and then he wakes yeah. up in a Braves <laughs> uniform, he's like, not like this! <laughs> You sons of bitches! <laughs> yeah, we got to go out there because you would love Greg. Greg's a great guy, dude. If you can really set this guy. up, oh, I could get him in there. I will name. No I will. You know Is how he we a criminal? <clears throat> Justin, not yeah. that I know of. Okay, well then, but I'll good. double check. <laughs> I'll double check. It's a good thing. Um, I got to call him though in front and go. Oh, you know, this might be a little dangerous, but I'm going to bring over and, and, and I'm going to introduce you to this guy, but. I know this is America, and he's a white man, so you might hate him. I understand. <laughs> it's like, I saw something this morning. I, I, I got injected here. I'm watching television this morning because I walk in my house. I walk about a mile in my house before I come to work, just to get the blood flowing and sure. that whole deal. So right? That's so good. I do not do that. So I'm watching the news this morning, and I'm, there's a bunch of commercials on. It's commercial after commercial after commercial. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's a, about a 50-year-old white man in a commercial. And I'm like, what the hell? You never see that anymore. A white man in a commercial? Jesus, what? really? Was he the home intruder in an ADT commercial? Because that's all I see these days. Did You're you, close. Did you ever see 30 Rock when they talked about this? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, I love that you just referenced that. Well, there, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because in the commercial, there's one 50-year-old white man. Everybody else is a person of color. There are white women, mm -hmm. but not a lot of white men. Turns out the white man in this commercial is an investment advisor who's screwing people out of oh, money. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> One white guy, and he's a thief. Yep. <laughs> that's how I feel about you guys, to be, to be honest. Mm -hmm. See, I'm at the point with that stuff now. I find it hilarious that you're that over-the-top nuts with your own politics that every white man has to be a thief or a criminal of some sort. I, yeah, what is... Look, Rudy and I don't like our dads either. But yeah. I don't think he's the devil. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no way my dad can navigate a computer enough to well, steal yeah. people's money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's like when Bitcoin was going around. We were talking about this yesterday with Bitcoin. It's like when my brother was like, well, I made 50K. I'm like, I, seriously, man, you can't even navigate a MySpace page. How the hell did you make $50,000 doing Bitcoin? You're a moron. But, yes, you are right that every single... Uh, commercial nowadays, it's, it's either it's either a white guy is screwing you over, yep. or it is a uh, it's like a mixed a half Asian, half black man is married to the whitest woman on the planet. Oh yeah, that's exactly that is, how it that's is. That's every relationship in commercials nowadays. It's like, can't you just sell me Tide? How about just tell me how good your product is? Love Tide. Yes, that big uh, orange bottle sure. or whatever color that is. Mm -hmm. Whatever it might be, red, I guess. But no, honestly, God, and the great thing about it is the last time you see this honky's face in this commercial, he's got this sneer on his yeah. face. Yeah, <laughs> laughing all the way to the bank. Evil white men. Yeah. Good guy. You know, let me tell you something there, whatever shithole you're running over there. I have a son, and my son is a white man, so back the F off before somebody kicks you in the nuts. How about also, that? Also a criminal. Oh, yeah, Andy. Criminal Andy, yeah. mastermind. Yeah. Notorious criminal. Actually, though, out of everybody in these... Thank you. I knew you were going to say that. Out of these two shows, what? he's the only one, if he had malintent, could actually yeah. uh, oh, be smart enough... Oh, that would not be good. No, just be smart enough to like know how to run like a Bitcoin... Uh, yeah. Scam. scam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I would have to say we should almost be careful because if something ever came up, we're going to know it's him because we're all dummies. I had a friend, I won't say his name, even though I, don't, I haven't seen him in years now, but he came out to our house, and Andy was sitting in the back of the house at a table, and I don't know if he was studying or what he was doing, but uh, this, my friend said, I'm going to go over and talk to Andy. I said, I don't, why? He goes, well, I just want to you know, try to make friends with him and get to know him. I said, he likes to be by himself pretty much, and, I, but if you want, that's your business, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes over there and he starts talking to Andy. And, of course, once he starts talking, he never shuts up. Mm -hmm. So he's talking and talking and talking to Andy, right, this. Andy does not even look up after about a five-minute little soliloquy from this guy. Andy doesn't even look up and he goes, I have no interest at all in that or you. <laughs> <laughs>
You know who Andy kind of reminds me of? Now that I'm, I'm looking at a picture of him. He kind of reminds me of Gru from Despicable Me. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, he's got the bald Pers- head. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a pointier nose. He's a yep. you know, nice guy. You know, Gru, I think, you know, deep down had like a good <laughs> yeah. intentions. Andy has all that. Absolutely. And Andy does not suffer fools, like you said. Oh, no, no. no, 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 no. Even when I'm being a little bit weird, he's like, I'm good, thanks. You know, and like me and Andy get along great. Yeah, you do. But and and I there's many people in my life that are like that who are very good. Like he's got great boundaries and there's like right. yeah, I have no interest in that. And I don't it's like, <laughs> all right. I and I love directness. Like I do too. I, I absolutely um, do. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. If if I'm going on and on about something, he go he'll go, Okay. Oh. <laughs> Wrap it go, up. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right, we do have to take a break. Look at this. I'm taking a break right on time. What the hell's the matter with me? Impressive. How the, how the hell did that happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hi, this is Tom, a white man in America today, trying to screw you out of your money. Stop. What? <laughs> I wanted to make sure everybody is on the up and up with everybody over here. Rudy and I are going to try to steal from everyone, and you as a white woman are going to run the world. Okay. So you're good to go. Go on with the com- or the ad, sir. Well, you said a commercial. You can't say commercial. That sound it just felt like that felt a little just not professional. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll do this then. Thank you very much. Thank you for your understanding. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has a patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow that you will ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought the MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. If you've never been in an auto accident, it's hard to know what to expect from the insurance adjuster. Here are some tips. One, if they talk to you about whether or not you should hire a lawyer, it's a good sign that you probably should. Two, it's illegal for them to give you any legal advice. They aren't lawyers and they aren't licensed to practice law. Three, if they tell you that everyone involved in the accident is at fault, they're wrong. This comes from the belief that you're at fault for just being on the road. That's nonsense and not supported by any law. Finally, remember that friendly adjusters are often just gaining information. They want you to do most of the talking so they can file their report. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. There's a guy named Tom Cross who likes to do kite things. Tom takes the phrase, go fly a kite to an extreme, and for years goes all over the country in search of great kite flying events. Lincoln City, Oregon comes to mind with Chinook winds and seven miles of pristine beach that draws folks from all over North America for the best kite flying conditions in the world. Tom brings a little Minnesota with him when he goes to Lincoln City in his new Forest River RV Rockwood Rue, 19 expandable trailer, of course, that he hauls from Niemeyer trailer sales in Albertville and Elko Newmarket, Minnesota. Niemeyer Trailer Sales is the only place Tom would prepare his next kite flight. Solar panels, full bath, exterior griddle, double door refrigerator, queen beds, and sleeps six every night in the RV Rockwood from the place that is your family-owned guide to RV trailers and truck accessories since 1965. This is Tom. Visit my friends at Niemeyer Trailer Sales and take your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. Go to N-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, a little news, a little information. Uh, Rudy, we got to run a test on you because uh, Brittany and I worked this whole deal out and see if you can guess what this stands for. Okay. Uh, because we couldn't guess, and then Brittany looked it up. I made a guess, but I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, very it's, wrong. You know, I was very wrong, exactly. Susan Boyle makes triumphant return to BGT after stroke. Oh, BGT, yeah. What is that? Britain's Got Talent. Dang! He knew it! How'd you know that? Susan Boyle. Uh, I, yeah, for, what, for whatever reason, I've done research on, on Susan Boyle. That was really? impressive. Yeah. You've been dating her? A little bit. On the side. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <gasps> you know. So Brittany knew it, looked it up. Yeah. Because I thought it stood for big, giant titties. Yeah. <laughs> it Which, does stand for that, too. It's that well, too. yeah. It is Susan okay. Boyle again. Yes, it is. She returned to her own big, giant titties. Yes. Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she return, it's like returned home. to BGT. Yeah. It's like, it's like well, uh, Milo. Milo's journey home. Yes. Coming back to BGT, big, giant titties. Absolutely. No, she was a good singer, if I remember. Wasn't she on America's Got Talent? Too? Yes. She yeah. was. Okay. Mm-hmm. But she was a good singer, if I remember correctly. Amazing singer. Yeah, yep, Amazing. I do remember that. So God bless her. A stroke, man. I, I have a friend now. He's, well, I, he's just a friend. I've got to leave it at a friend. He has had eight strokes in the last, like, four years. Oh, man. What, what triggers those? Well, it's uh, embolism. It's, or it's blood clot blood in the brain. Clot, blood yeah. clot in the brain. So it's, it can come from, like, Ten different things. Don Shelby went into detail yeah, about his yeah. uh, when he was on with us um, and his strokes. We got to get him back on the show. We haven't had Don on in a while. We I him love on. Don Shelby. Shelby's a great guy. I love him. They're great also guy. saying that's the problem with Jamie Foxx right now. Oh yeah, because he stroke. didn't he go blind in a, they, for a while. They think it's it, yeah. So, like this is a if I was listening to uh, I can't remember some doctor on a podcast and he was saying they were talking about Jamie Foxx and he said. If there's a stroke that is also with blindness, that it's going to be a long haul for him. He's probably really? never. They said, you know, this doctor's prediction was Jamie will probably never play a piano ever again. Oh, Jesus. Which is, he might be the most talented man on the planet. You're a very talented guy. There's no doubt about that. I've never seen him in a bad movie. Okay, let me rephrase that. Okay, there's a couple of bad movies. Are there there, a couple but of there's, bad ones? But I mean, when, <laughs> when he played Ray Charles. Oh, oh yeah. My. Yep. yep. Huh. I got to do this. You give your hand to me. <laughs> I don't know how that microphone ever stayed with Ray. No, you're right. Yeah. Swayed from. So I loved Ray Charles as a kid. But I remember one time, then Rudy, you, you might love this. My dad came over, and I was 16, and I hadn't seen him in a few years. Mm-hmm. But he, he just stopped in. Too. All of a sudden, he stops by the house, right? So I see my, my father sitting out in the living room. And I put on Ray Charles, Born to Lose, and my dad got up and left. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he took it personally. Not a fan? Well, I meant it to be. I meant it to be personal, so he took it the right way. So that's good. Born to Lose. (laughs) I've lived my life in pain. God, I loved Ray Charles. Now I'll be thinking about Ray Charles all day. Mm -hmm. I love that man so much. Do you know that he had a rig in his backyard? That is, uh, there was like a center pole and a rod, and they would hook up a a motorcycle to it, and he'd ride a motorcycle. No way, really? Yeah, he would ride a motorcycle for like a couple hours. Just loved the feel of it? Yeah, because he didn't know he wasn't going anywhere. He just knew he was still moving. That's all that mattered to him, because he's blind. I mean, it's probably important that he knows he's not going anywhere, because the element of fear (laughs) would take over (laughs) the enjoyment. But you know how wonderful that is? Whoever came up with that idea for Ray Charles, maybe he came up with it. But he gets he got to feel what it was like to ride a motorcycle even though he was blind. Okay, so my grandpa. That's cool. My mm-hmm. my grandpa was like 80% blind. He had barely any vision and he liked driving um Uh-oh. a lot. Uh-oh. And so they ended up they had lived in town in Williston and they ended up moving to the farm because he wanted to be near the farm and we would it was about gosh maybe Maybe like 
not even a quarter mile. It was a very small drive from mm-hmm. the house to the farm, and sure. it was all their land. Mm-hmm. We'd all pile in Grandpa's car, and Uh-oh. he would drive us. To- <laughs> Nothing Uh-oh. bad happened, but it's just wild. Because we could walk, but he just loved the idea of still driving. And it was slow. There was nothing in the way. But I still laugh that we all would, you know, all of us grandkids would pile in Grandpa's car, and he would make that tiny little drive just for the sake of driving. And, uh, yeah. Well, I will tell you, remember about a month ago I went out and did that appearance? I did a little speech at a a gathering of people. Yeah. Lakeville? It was in Anoka, Anoka. actually. It was at the Greenhaven Golf Course, which I love anyway. There was a man there, could not find a nicer guy in the world, 102 years old. He's 102, and I'm talking to him, just a great guy, all the rest of it. Hey, Tom, I tell you what, I'd like to talk more, but i got to get going. Pulls the car keys out of his pocket, went and drove home at 102 <laughs> years old. Get some. God, the guy was killing it, though. <laughs> really? I shouldn't say I mean, killing it. That's not a good use. Yeah, yeah, right, wait, right. Legally, here. he was not. He yeah. was not killing anyone. He was just, he had it dialed in. He was 102 and had great vision, can drive the greatest. How about that action? I just don't. I'm, I, we were just talking about this today because Kinley got, congratulations, Kinley. She got her permit. She passed yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Rudy's daughter. And so we were talking about this. I, I loved when I used to nanny and the uh, teenage kiddos would get their license because I'm not a big driver. I don't, not, I don't want to drive. See, I don't care about it either. Yeah. One way or the other. And so when I finally I don't want to drive at 102. I don't want to drive at 40. Mm-hmm. I just wish there was yeah. a way I could get away with never. Like, I don't want to. Get a chauffeur. I'm working on it. Get a little limo and a chauffeur. Pull up in front of the place every day. I'll present it like Shark Tank. Honey, I think this would be a great idea yeah, exactly. for 100% <laughs> investment. Should I, you know. Um, but Rudy loves to drive. Yeah, big fan. So people, what? Are, like, you, are you a big fan of driving? Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think you're going to have trouble when she gets her license and if it's like, who's going to drive the car? Oh, she can. Yeah. She can. Yeah. Because, you know, yep. why not? Absolutely. Yep. Plus, you know, I'm, I kind of like to go to a brewery every once in a while. I'm like, oh, yeah. you, <laughs> you can drive. Yeah. Why don't you come on down? We'll play a little Jenga. I'll have two drinks and then you can drive us home. Yeah. And did you drive with her yesterday then too? I didn't drive with her yesterday. I've driven with her before, like northern Minnesota, backwoods, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, she went out. She took my mom's car around the neighborhood in uh, Apple Valley for a while. So she's not quite, you know, she's a little scared about going on actual streets. So yeah, we yeah, just yeah. kind of did like the, the side streets. But yeah, eventually she'll have to, you know, hit that. Here's the thing, though. I said, number one, after I'd like to take you out early in the morning before anybody else gets on the highway, like around, you know, 6, 37 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. And teach you how to properly merge onto a highway and to do the roundabout. Because I don't think there's enough people that know how to properly merge onto a highway. Oh, you got that right. Does your car have, well, I know you're getting a new one here soon. Yeah. But you got to teach her where it doesn't give you the alert of being in the blind spot. That's why my nanny family, they were like, you're taking Brittany's car. Because out of all of them, I had the worst car. Sure. Because that assist that tells you that there's somebody in the blind spot, they don't. They don't. They kind of lose that habit of looking because yeah. they you oh, know, rely sure, on that, sure. and then the backup cam mm-hmm. not looking totally behind you. I love backup cams. I know I do too. Oh, plenty good. Mm-hmm. I like my big joke. So I've taught three kiddos to drive. Uh, was oh, it's not live. <laughs> they look at the, they go what what you, oh that's not live and there's always like a moment of panic oh, that's great I know, isn't yeah. that funny that's a great joke there's another guy from town he's a comedian he goes ah oh, man the other day I took a dick pic it's really weird I used the backup camera on my car <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jesus that's oh god I don't even picture that oh that's funny oh well, with those views too, man, they have of cars like the. I'm sure you're sure your new car is like this. Where it auto, it looks like a drone above it. Where yeah. You can see everything around it. Oh yeah. That's wild to me. I'll never think that's normal. And we have a car that does that, and I, I'll never think that's Isn't normal. Isn't that too distracting? I just think, wow, how is this thing? How is this possible? Yeah. Well, I suppose. Yeah, that when you have a trailer and it shows like the trailer is kind of translucent and yeah. it shows you what is on the how? backs. How, how is that possible? I know it it's is. guessing. Yeah. It's just making assumptions. You're like, this is Sesame Street in the trailer. What is? Why is this? This isn't the right road. Strange. Little stick people. And <laughs> all works out beautifully. Do you ever work with Louis C.K.? Uh, I've never worked with Louis C.K., but there are definitely some people that I've worked with that I've worked with that have worked with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. and have. Stories. Now there's a new one. Showtime drops Louis C.K. documentary. 
Wow. This boy's never coming back, is he? I mean, he's never going to be as big as he was. Uh, you know, I mean, he sold out Madison Square Garden three uh, nights in a row like three really? months ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People. And here's the thing. Like, I, I know it's terrible. And I have a different take on it uh, with Louis C.K. What he did was awful. And he used his power and, and yes. to be able to. Yep. It's, it's awful what he did. After I heard that story, though, because Sarah Silverman came out and said, you know, Louis C.K., you sort of it, comics are different with one another. Like we yeah, give each yep. other a lot of free passes, yep. and that was kind of Louis' thing. So even when he was friends with Sarah, he would go to her apartment beforehand just to like sit and write and hang out, and they would be talking about shows. And then before they would go out and do sets, he would say, "Hey, do you mind if I, you know, whip it out real quick?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, fine, whatever." She'd sit on the couch, she'd sit on her phone, he'd do his thing, and then he'd clean up, and she'd be like, "Good, are you ready to go?" And he'd be like, "Yep." He's like, "All right, fine." She was his friend and knew that that was his thing, and she allowed that to happen. And after I read that, I was like, I got to get better friends. (laughs) I know. I was like, none of my friends would ever let me. None of my friends, they don't give me a ride to the airport, let (laughs) let alone have me do that. Uh, But it was awful for a while. And when guys like Louis Lee from Acme say, listen, he's a good guy. Obviously, he's made some mistakes, but who amongst us hasn't? And you start to kind of see some of the stories like – I don't know. I, I got a different version of it, but I'm glad to see that he's a, 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 a has learned from his mistakes and he's starting to mount to come back. And I imagine they did they give a reason why they dropped the documentary. Is it a like a they uh. dropped it because they think he is some of the stories weren't true in this documentary or were they like, yeah, we actually don't want to promote this guy at all. What does it show him in a good light? It says Showtime drops Louis CK documentary project would have looked at comedians downfall and comeback. We hadn't made a comeback yet. I kind of, I suppose what you were telling me. Yeah. We don't see him in the mainstream anymore, but I mean, when he announced that he was back at Acme, uh, was this like two years ago? Yeah, I think it was a little longer than that. Oh, maybe really? about two or three. Yeah, it was really? a little bit longer than that. But when he announced it, they announced five shows, and they sold out that day within yeah. an hour. Every single show was sold out. Because yeah, I was at the queue when they announced that. I remember. Oh, there, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's a very interesting dynamic of things you can do when you're coming up in the world, and things you have to acknowledge that is a little like there's a upper hand for lack of a better word, that you have in dynamic that when you are on top of the world. Sure. And I don't mean this to condemn him. I actually think it's a very interesting thing that you could almost study, right? Like if I was a lonely intern and I'm asking girls, hey, can I masturbate in front of you? It's like, well, that's, that's your, I don't want to say courting, but there you could that, that can work. But once you're a top comedian and you're asking other lower end comedians and you know that, Word of mouth, I mean, especially in the comedian world, if being somebody who is accommodating, I mean, Rudy, you do this on the level of technology. You pretty much let men masturbate with you by giving them videos. Same thing. Sure. Yeah. Where are we headed? I'm just saying that. <laughs> what the hell? What? Because you have to come from a world of, yes, awesome, you know, when you're a comedian coming up in the world, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. you have to be. So if you're a female comedian who's on the lower side, and Louis C.K. is like, can I masturbate in front of you? It's a different dynamic yeah. than when you're on the lower side of the totem pole. It just is. And I'm not saying that he's evil or he's the worst person in the world. I just think you have to realize your privilege and the dynamics. It's yeah. almost like Sarah Silverman's the only one who's on equal footing that he can ask to do that when he was on the top of his game. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand what it is about that that excites him so much. I don't know. What is it? I mean, I like being with a woman. I don't want to just look at her and whack a mole. What's that? I mean, God bless you. That's what you like. Good for you. It's not even that big of a kink, though. Like, No, it's not. To whip out your schwanz in front of women? No, I mean, as long as consensually, right? Well, but it wasn't most of the time. Well, that's the thing is it's such a blurry line of consensual when it comes to having the Again, I can't upper hand or having the dynamics of, uh, you know, I don't want to say boss because it's almost bigger than just boss because it's like this guy, he could ask me to open for him mm-hmm. or he might not if I say no. And, and he might not even realize those dynamics, 
But I'm a thousand percent sure that the women that he did this in front of were thinking of those dynamics when they were like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. However, if this was 15 years ago and Joan Rivers, I'm in a green room with her and she goes, you mind if I Netflix and chill in front of you? I'd be like, go for it, girl. You do (laughs) it. I I got the story in my back pocket. This will live rent free in my brain for the rest of my life, Joan. You feel, go right ahead. Yeah. (laughs) She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I would also let Joe yeah. masturbate in front of me. I would not. I'm sorry. I don't want to watch well, anybody no. masturbate. You've got good, no, thanks. You've got a good moral compass. Me, yeah. Rudy, yeah. it's blurry at best. <laughs> and my husband would be like, what? I'd be like, yeah, that happened. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Showtime has dropped plans for a documentary on Louis C.K.'s downfall and comeback, reports the Los Angeles Times. The project was announced by Paramount. Notice how I say Paramount now, because I always thought it was Paramount, but it's Paramount. Oh. Huh? What do you think of that? Paramount Plus, baby. Paramount Plus, yeah. Global exec David Nevins uh, last summer, but he stepped down amid restructuring months later. Variety reports when he announced the documentary, Nevins said there had been a bit of a backlash against hashtag Me Too, who has to go away and who's allowed to come back. He said Louis C.K.'s situation was slightly different of that uh, than that of... Well, Harvey Weinstein actually raped women, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah. That's, well, I, that's quite a difference. I don't love when they put people in the same buckets like that. Yeah, I think yeah. we can make enough buckets to divide people up. Don't put that. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Louis C.K.'s career took a big hit in, 19, uh, excuse me, in 2017 after five women accused him of sexual misconduct and allegations that he admitted were true. But he returned with new material in 2018 and won a Grammy last year, prompting some people to quip so much for the cancel culture. Nevin said last year that the documentary would take a wider look at hashtag Me Too and would involve the New York Times journalists who uncovered the Louis C.K. allegations. So, yeah, I, I don't know what he's up to. But, you know, one thing that we can point out is that, you know, you, you really like uh, Louis C.K. You, I think you like Louis C.K. too. One of the most arrogant pricks I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Yeah, so it people, all depends. Yeah, people have, uh, that I know that have, I've worked with that have worked with him have said he's very standoffish. Yeah, he's, he's kind very, of, yeah, yeah he he's kind of just like, you know, you, you go into the green room, you're like, hey, Louie, how's it going? And he just kind of looks in his computer. Yep. I, I also think that there's a lot of pressure on him, too, especially at that time. Maybe not so much now, but at that time he had uh, Life with Louie. He had the, the FX show On the Horizon. He had huge specials. Mm-hmm. It was still probably trying to hide some of these allegations that were going down. Yeah, so he probably. was probably in a different headspace. But I don't know. Plus, he, we also have to kind of remember, hey, man, like sometimes these I know they do terrible things, but he's also has children. You know, he also has babies at home and he's got a family and people around him. He's going to be fine. If you're worried yeah. about his paycheck, paycheck he's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm saying what's going to kill him is he was on top. And he got, he obviously, there's the attention aspect, there's the fame aspect. That's the part he's missing. Financially, he's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He will be. What was that first TV show? The first TV show he had was terrible. You're talking about the HBO Life with Louie? Was it Life with Louie? Isn't it just... It it was Louie, but that was on FX. Yeah. And that that was was his second show, which I thought was brilliant. Very funny. Very funny. But he did Life with Louie, which was kind of like a sitcom. Yeah. It's not funny in the least. His wife on that show was Pam Adlon. And I don't know who that is. She's the voice of Bobby Hill. If you saw her face, you'd go, oh, I know Pam I. Adlon. She's Bobby Hill. From King of the Hill. I know exactly. Oh, oh, yeah. that old that cartoon. The cartoon, yeah. Okay. yeah. But yeah. Pam Adlon is just a man. She is oh, super funny and brilliant. She's and got a really raspy voice. Super You've raspy voice. Her. Yeah. You've seen her in stuff for mm. sure. Okay. I don't recognize her, but she looks like she looks like, like all Italian women. <laughs> She kind of has a Janine Garofalo look to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. I can mm-hmm. see that. Find yeah. a better photo. Look, I mean, I, I don't tell people, you know, don't tell me and I won't tell you what's funny and what isn't because there are situations where, you know, somebody thinks it's funny. I don't. I think it's funny. They don't. That's fine. Yeah, that, I got no problem sure. with that. You know, we don't have to agree on what's funny and what isn't. I just, he was in studio a couple of times at the Q uh, in, in the old days and he was not friendly. I mean, he was beyond just. You know, keeping to himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was an arrogant prick. There's no question about that. So do, I don't know what that's all about. Do you think? And you guys really try to think, be very honest. Do you think we allow men to be more standoffish before we make that like that? Per, we we make excuses and whatever for them. Or is it the fact that do we make excuses for people that are massively talented when they're assholes? Yeah, both probably. I think both because yeah. it's funny. It's like I there's a lot of men in my life who you know would sit quietly or whatever or like, um, you know, be standoffish. But I, when it happens with women, I don't know why, I think we expect them to be warmer. 
and it's funny because even us talking, but also on top of that, I think when somebody is massively talented, uh, man or woman, we allow them, there's a buffer for like, for being an asshole for sure, where we go, I allow, I allow some. Really? Do you? Because I can't do that. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. I can't, I can't deal with that. I mean, asshole, but, like, I don't even know if we can clear, like, we have to clarify, like, maybe just standoffish that we put Well, no, I understand standoffish. Some people are shy. I got yeah. no problem with that. I, I was going to say shy. That's, that's yeah. usually, yeah, because I remember we did a meet and greet with the guys from Metallica one time, mm-hmm. and Kirk Hammett from Metallica, great guitar player, right. was there and didn't really talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, like, this kind of guy's kind of a dick. And then we, when we walked listeners out, some guy was like, dude, what's up with Kirk Hammett? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, man, what a prick, huh? And I'm like, yeah. Well, I walked back in the room. And Kirk was like ex- explaining to like his handlers. He was like, "I am so sorry. I just don't know what to say sometimes." He's yeah. like, it's, "It feels. Yep. We- I, I don't feel like I'm a celebrity. And I, I know it looks like I'm a jerk, but I'm not." And then it made me go, "Oh, the next time somebody is silent, it's not them being. Yeah. Ma- maybe I'll give them a little bit more leeway of maybe their shyness is overtaking them." Yeah, I, I like just uh, I released a question on the internet, and they said. If we're gonna, I said, if we're gonna have a, a really huge prick on the show, who should it be? And they all voted for Kristen Burt. Yeah. So, uh, and there she is, <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> thought- I've been screaming at my computer <laughs> screen. <laughs> okay, start Going, screaming now. Let me see, okay, but 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 but. Um, I want to hear so all you about guys it. No, they are shopping that documentary elsewhere. So even though it won't be shown on Showtime, it could turn up on another network. Oh, oh what happened? Hang on what a the hell just happened? Hang on, hang on. I'll let her back in. There we oh. go. Now we got you. Weird. All right, so, Brittany, what'd you do? I didn't do anything. You're a disaster. I didn't click anything. There you you're, go. You're even a bigger I disaster. I just could let her back in. I no, don't know why she got kicked out. Kristen, she did it well, on purpose. Well, it's because I started talking about Louis C.K. Ah. and they were like, out of the company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just as I was saying, it could turn up at another network. They are shopping it elsewhere. So it's not going to be on Showtime, but it could show up somewhere else. Where's Showtime now? That's at Paramount now? Yes. Yeah, that I is so, yeah. Paramount. So, yes. or, or officially, I think as of June 27th. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So everything's merging. But, um, and the Louis C.K. thing, I was going to say, I think most people would allow Joan Rivers to do whatever she wants because mm-hmm. it's also a power thing. Like, if Joan Rivers is, like, doing her stuff in front of me, I'm not feeling threatened. I think I would feel threatened with Louis C.K. doing it in front of me as sure. a woman. Sure, I could see that. Yeah. Is that because you don't have a penis? Uh, it's also because he's bigger and stronger than me. I don't think he is. Oh, yeah. He's a big guy. I'm Louis C.K. is a big what? I'm five three. Yeah, he's I'm not five three. He's like got huge shoulders, right? Louis C.K. I don't remember him being big at all. I think he's like around five ten, isn't he? Six uh, foot. Six foot? Yeah, no, that's... he is not six feet tall. There's no way he's six feet tall. He doesn't seem like a small person. No, because he's not a big guy. Because I've seen him on Rogan, and they take pictures together. And Rogan's a little bit taller than me, and Louis C.K.'s got him by at least four to five inches. So that makes about that makes sense. Rogan's a little meatball. Yeah, that's a very good a definition meatball. of Joe Rogan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how he's tall is he? He's. I think he's a little bit taller than me. So I think he's about five seven, maybe five seven and a half. Because I'm five five and a half. Mm-hmm. It says 5'8", but... 5'8", yeah. Well, they. I mean, I don't know. Chris Eggert's kid is also... They mark him at 6'8", on the roster, but I, I think know. he's more like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, I'm like 6'10". I know that. Yeah. I'm 5'3", people, so... <laughs> it's a mountain <laughs> of muscle. People. The only thing I'm yes. doing is kicking Louis C.K. in the shins. Yeah, I. I it's kind of interesting, because when you spend your whole life, now 52 years of my life being around famous people, because they would come in to be interviewed and all that stuff, you get a different take on everybody because you've been around so many really famous people and good people and bad. It's just part of your life, you know? So when somebody, he was very standoffish and not friendly at all. And then he just kind of got up in the middle. I got to go. Just right in the middle of the interview. It's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. He's never going to be in that like elite Hollywood circle anymore. Like he, that that is done once everything came to light. And even though he's apologetic, and again, as Brittany said, he's fine. He's fine financially. His fans are going to show up. They're going to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. He's going to live a very comfy life. But if if he was looking for that adulation the way he had it, say, 10 years ago, that doesn't happen anymore. I want to ask you a question because you live in Hollywood. You've been in a business for a long time. 
I have always noticed, again, over the 52 years, that I, well, I've been interviewing people for about 40 years, I guess, 42, something like that. But the huge stars are the ones who are really nice people. Isn't that so amazing? So nice. And I, it amazing. takes something really special to be, and, and I know this is going to sound like crazy, but it takes something really special to be that like A, A plus list type of celebrity. Right. Um, besides having that like charisma, that it factor, like they have like an aura when they walk down like the red carpet, you know, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you turn true. heads when they, when they show up, but they're incredibly kind. They make you feel like you're the only person in the room. The George Clooney's, the Hugh Jackman's, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas like glide down the red carpet yeah. and like grace you with their majesty. But you don't feel <laughs> like, like you don't feel like you're the, you know, you're their servant you feel like they are so happy to see you and they can't wait to give you a sound bite mm -hmm. um that is something that's really hard to do and then there's a reason certain people stay sort of in that like b plus a minus they can't make it to that next level because they don't have that that je ne sais quoi that that certain people have right i mean it's you go down the list of the huge I mean, I always throw out Jane Fonda was very pleasant in person, although you can look in her eyes and be sad because she's got that edge. You can look and see the edge to her of sadness. There's no question. She's had a lot it. of trauma. A lot of trauma in her a life. A lot of trauma. If you've watched her documentary on HBO, it's you know, fascinating. Peter Falk was another one. Carol Burnett was another one. You can go down the list. The huge, huge stars are generally very nice people because they don't have to put anything on, you know? Nope. It's like, I'm already a big star. I don't have to impress anybody, so I'll just be nice to you. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's another one. That's like, what I heard. You yeah. literally feel like you could go and knock back like six cocktails with Meryl and be dancing on the bar with her at the end of the night. That's how she makes you feel. Like, That's yeah, you're just one of the girls. It's great. That's great to hear. No question. But Well, again, I, I never met him in person. I talked to him a million times. But before he died, Gore Vidal and I were friends, and we talked on the phone all the time. But I never met him in person. Isn't that weird? I haven't met you in person. So. Well, that's true. That's a very good point. You and I have never met in person. That's. A, I'm glad you threw that out there. You both are going to just be wildly disappointed. It's going to be, oh, Jesus, that's it, huh? That's everything? 11 years for this. Yeah. 11 years and he's wearing like a black sweatshirt. Yeah. What the hell is that? He could have stepped it up. I think you both are going to just go, no could thanks. Could be bad. Yeah, can't believe they buried him in that sweatshirt. That's so weird. I'm do some of my hat. It's gonna be like you really are short. Like that's it. Yeah, there you go. I'm there you have. Swaddle it. you up, Kristen. Swaddle me up in a little blanket, mm -hmm. little little burrito. Yep. Oh no, you are. Um, and she, by the way, when she's doing that, she's literally wrapping herself up with her sweater. Little sweater. You're a it's disaster. cold here in LA. We're having oh, June gloom. Really. Yeah, honestly, after this endless winter where we had so much rain, we had May gray and June gloom, which are typical things for us in the spring, but it is extraordinarily gloomy, or I guess gloomier than it normally is, and it's like become a big joke that we've had winter since November. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's it, in the 50s suppose and 60s. It's not warm. So, uh, you know, I got to ask you a question. And I, like I said, I got to make very clear to people now that I don't have a political stance on anything. The one political stance I do have is I've looked at every person running for president and I can't stand any of them. So I got a problem. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way, unless right. you're yeah, like a hardcore like member of either party. Right, right. That's the only way. But what the hell did, was your governor talking about? He went after the Senate. What did he call him? A, a little rat or what did he call him? I don't even know, but he was going after him, obviously, oh, because he sent two um, airplane, I like he flew two um, groups of immigrants who obviously were undocumented um, to California, to Sacramento, which is our state capital, in case right. anyone thought Los right. Angeles was our state capital. Um, and, <laughs> but I think that? we picked them up in Texas. I don't even think they came from Florida. They didn't. Um, and, and sent them our way. Um, and I think, you know, that is distinct. It's political theater. It's political theater on it both is, ends. Yep. Political theater from DeSantis to spend the money and do that. And it's political theater for uh, then Newsom to then go and make this big stance on it. Um, obviously, they will be taken care of here in California. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, the two of them have been fighting. Dis uh, Newsom has taken out billboards in Florida. Oh, He's not running for president. Really? No. And it's 
why are you spending that money to do it? It's fine that you don't like DeSantis. Um, it's fine if you don't like Newsom. But like, if you're yeah. buying into this political theater, it's nonsense. That's all BS. It's all to get attention and all the rest of it. And like I said, I cannot, I can't pick out one person from that group, Democrat, Republican, whatever. I don't like any of these people. <laughs> I, just I know like, you look at who's running for president. You're like, just, and everyone's throwing their hat, of course, in the, for the GOP nomination. But it's just like, this is the best our country has to I offer. I know. <laughs> I, it's exactly how I feel. This is what we get. That's it from both parties? Really? It, that's so, it. That's it. Welcome. But I mean, think about it. Like, who wants to get into politics? Like, Not me. my uncle always says, you love to debate. Why don't you get into politics? And I, I always think I can't think of a worse career to go into right now. <laughs> right, it would exactly. eat me a hundred years. Exactly. So why don't we all just, you know, have a good time. We'll try to get have a few laughs and we'll move on with our life. What do you think? Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, I, I want to throw out just yesterday, because I know that we've talked about this before, um, and this is sports. This is usually Bob's area. Sammy. but it, it, Yes, it, but we're crossing over a little bit into the entertainment category. Um, if anyone saw the news yesterday that the PGA merged with Live Golf. Right, right. Um, and all the controversy, because Live Golf is backed by Saudi Arabia. I highly recommend everyone go and watch Netflix Full Swing if you haven't done so. Right, right. Because they cover... Um, the formation of Live Golf in that documentary. And it is fascinating because you see the reaction with Tiger Woods and Rory uh, McElroy, I think is that his name? McElroy, okay. Um, And how they were um, organizing the golfers um, against Live Golf. And then you see the other ones that were going in for the big signing bonuses. And now to see them merge and to see the reactions, because it's mixed reaction as, as well, um, but it does feel, after watching the documentary, that the PGA really kind of caved to this situation because yep. they knew they couldn't compete with the money. Um, and it's a really well done uh, docu-series. I'm going to say it's about eight episodes and they do have a season two coming. And I'm hoping that that plays out. I hope the cameras were up and running yesterday because this is going to be some serious golf drama. I am looking at the screen where all four of us are pictured and I'm trying to picture you and Brittany wearing burkas. What do you think? I've worn one. You've worn a burka? Yeah. Oh, I suppose you had to. When I was, I, yeah. That's true. You when had I, to. Well, just when we were touring, uh, so yep. when I was overseas, when we would go anywhere in the country. So right, I did one, right. like, outing in Kuwait. And um, we didn't necessarily, we went through a mosque, and that's when we had to put one on. We didn't have to do, in Kuwait proper, we didn't have to wear one. Oh, okay. At the yacht mall. Um, the yacht mall. But when we went, which in one did mosque, you buy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the it's not selling yachts. You can only get there through yacht. Oh, I it's see. It's normal yeah. stores, oh, gotcha. and by normal stores, I mean very crazy stores. Oh my but God. yeah, um, we uh, yeah, when we went to a mosque, we had to wear one. So yeah, well, that's just respect. I totally. have no problem with that at all. Yeah, there. I mean. They're, the material they make it out of is so breathable. It's not so bad. And oh, when, really? with that sun beating down, it's not so bad. Um, it just, uh, and again, we were walking through it, so it was a very short time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, cultural respect. I mean, it's like going to the Vatican. You can't have like your shoulders exposed. Right. Or, oh, really? Know. I've never yeah. been to the Vatican. I've never been oh. to South Italy. I've been to Northern Italy, but never Southern. It's time to go. It is time. to. I should get to Rome one of these days. I really should. Gotta get to but the Vatican. Northern Italy is so nice right there on the border of Switzerland. Oh, my God, that's beautiful up there. I just want to eat my way through the country. Well, yes, I understand <laughs> that, too. I'm sorry, but I don't know what the hell it is, but their pizza is still better. It, p- pizza in Italy, I don't know what the hell it is, but it's a little water. bit better. Oh, well, maybe water. it is the water. You might, you're probably right. It's like a New York bagel. It's like New York pizza. It's the water. You can try and say, yeah. oh, we make New York be- bagels yep. here in L.A. They don't taste the same. Because you can go true. and get uh, a bagel from a cart in New York City, and it's just as good as the gourmet store you go to in New York City. So you can get a bagel for 50 cents and be like, that was the best bagel I've ever had. Yep. No doubt. 10th and what is it? 10th and 2nd? Is that what it is? With that great bagel store what the hell's the name of that bagel store it's on 10th and i believe second avenue in new york city it's been there forever and it's think phenomenal on any of us are going to know kristen's in la well, we're I lived there she i lived, lived in new there york. i used to live on third and 11th i'm trying to think which one you're talking about oh um, god what it was the something bagels 
beautiful bagels or <laughs> Liberty wonderful bagels ba- is the big one right now. Gosh, and that is um, in closer to Macy's, like Herald Square area. Um, but you're right. Bagels in New York are better than anywhere else in the United States. And pizza, too. And I pizza, mean, too. I will, yeah, it's true. You can get a $2 slice and you it's going to be incredible. I love it. Love living in New York. I, I, matter of fact, I was just talking to a friend of mine about, well, Garrison Keeler. You know Garrison, right? Mm-hmm. I was talking to him, and he's in New York right now, and I said, God, I really do miss living in New York. I mean, I love living here, don't get me wrong, with the family and all the rest of it, but when I was living in New York, holy God, did I have fun. I'd probably be dead now if I still lived in New York, though. You think? It's, um, I loved it, and it's it's really fun to live there young and broke, oh, too. It's so exciting, honestly. Yeah. Um, and if I live there now, I'd want to make sure I'm making like at least five million dollars. Well, yes, yeah, you got to make really some dough. Fancy, because I think I have fancier taste now. But um, I, it, it, the city is so romantic. It's like the it best is. city yep. to fall in love with. Yep. Um, just walking around, getting lost, wandering around. I went in December um, to go see the Broadway opening of A Beautiful Noise, and just even walking around at Christmas time, it's just absolutely magical. No city can replicate that in the U.S. All right, young lady, we'll be at it again tomorrow. And I want you to be both wearing a burqa tomorrow, both of you. We're going to try I, to fit in. I'm going to wear a kitty. Oh, there's the kitty. How's the kitty doing? She's doing great. She gets in the closet before I do every morning. She loves you guys. <laughs> she sits there. I mean, I need to record her one day because she sits in a little kitty ball and purrs the whole time you guys Aww. are on. I don't know what it is. She finds you guys very soothing. Oh, See, that's how it should it's be. It's very kitty. sweet. We need a studio cat. She's a good baby. It's a good idea. And then I'll just work from home. <laughs> Fine, no, but I, I, like am bringing, I am bringing my golden retriever tomorrow. Oh, God, another dog in studio. Now we got Jude and your dog. I know. That'll be unbelievable. And they both have golden retriever energy. So, they do? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your cat's name again? This is London. London. There you go. London. London. Ooh, you see, oh, you see, her eyes got huge. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah London. She, loves, she does. She loves men's deep voices. Seriously. Oh, um, our vet has a big, deep voice, and she just snuggles in with them every time she goes. You should play Tony Joe White's Poke Salad Annie for him, because she'd, she'd <laughs> love it. Poke Salad Annie. Some of y'all never been down south too much. I want to tell you a little bit about this so you understand what I'm talking about. I love Tony Joe. He's dead now, you know, unfortunately. All right, we got to go, sister, but we will talk to you on the morrow. See you tomorrow. Thanks Bye, everyone. Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen, KB2, as she's known here on the show. Yeah, KB2. All right, we got to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. We've got some Chris Eggert coming up in about 20, 25 minutes somewhere in there. A bunch of stuff coming up this morning. Great guests, all kinds of stuff right up to this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new, inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation. 
consultation, the number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Hello. Hello. Very My greeting. Hello. How are you today? Hi, sir. It's nice to see you for the Hi. first time today. Magnificent. Uh, coming in this morning... I was out in the parking lot. A man walked up, said hello. He's in the building. Matter of fact, he's on this floor somewhere. Uh, Anderson Trucking. You know where that is? No. It's somewhere on this floor, but I don't know where it is. It must be maybe on the other side. I don't know. This building's wild. That's a great building. I love this building. Well, I love this building, but I just mean like I after touring another, like it's just, you just never know what's on this floor. We no, go, that's true, yeah. And you never know what's behind the doors. Like, ours is a nice, you know, modest size, mm-hmm. perfect for us. We actually have an extra room. And then you go into another one, and it's like, whoa! Well, that one we went into the other day, the that thing goes G- on forever. It kept going! It did. It went on I was like, <laughs> how is this possible? It was huge. But yeah, his name was Mark as well, because we met a Mark the other day. Well, as a matter of fact, I had seen him uh, before, but he uh, he was going on and on about how he never misses the show and he downloads it every day and we gotta uh, we gotta do some tutorial maybe on Channel Five Eyewitness News something how to download a podcast because <laughs> gonna be on do. the news station yeah <laughs> well you ever watch their news it sucks oh that's true like Chris Anger I thought he was here there. never mind I was like yeah. damn it it feels weird to talk shit be. about him not in front of <laughs> yeah. him yeah <laughs> exactly feels a little odd exactly right yeah we will actually be filming something here in the next like two weeks. With you, Tom. And oh, then, we are? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm actually, so the week that we are all going to take off for 4th of July, I'm actually going to work those days and then produce all those videos. Why are you working those days? Uh, because I have, uh, I got things coming up in the next couple of months oh, that take time take off. Time off. Yeah. And I was like, just find something. So I'm going to take off that, there's that Friday that I'm going to have off, yeah. and then I'm going to take off whatever that day before the 4th of July plus the 4th. But I'm going to work that, whatever, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And pr- just produce all those videos. We're going to have all sorts of them. They're going to be all over Facebook. We're going to be putting yeah, them out in media. Yeah, and it takes sense. a long time to be able to produce all those things because we want to make sure we do them right. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm going to take those three days and just exclusively work on videos that we shoot. Because, so, oh, sorry. Go very on. quickly, I just want to say, because I still run into people that say, I have no idea how to download a podcast. I've been mm-hmm. hearing about it, but I have no idea how to do it. So it's very easy that anybody's got a phone that, that blue and white A you just yeah. hit that. That's uh, you, to get to the app, and then you just hit the Tom Bernard Show app, and you're in. Yeah. It's nothing. I mean, people think it's very complicated. Yeah. My mom listens to this show every single day. Oh, okay. And if my mother can do it, trust yeah. me, well, anybody can, yes. But I'm picking up more and more people on the street are coming and saying hello, people I've never met before. They love the show. I had a guy, as a matter of fact, this morning as well, tell me that he's got to learn how to download the show because he doesn't know how to do that. So I said, just looking for that little blue and white A on your phone, hit that, and it'll pop up and you're there. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you got Bluetooth, it'll be on your car radio. Mm-hmm. I was you listening, know. I listen when I walk a lot, sometimes I listen to the family podcast because I'm currently in a walking challenge. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh. And, uh, Hubbard. Who challenge you? Oh, Hubbard? Uh, yeah. The Hubbard deal? I'm on the My Walker team, and it's the first time I've been included in like a work event for anything, like uh, we are part of the team. And so because of that, I feel... There's a reason for that, by the way. (laughs) So because of that, I feel the extreme need to be, like, a very effective team member. Sure. I'm telling you guys, I did, like, 18,000 steps yesterday. Wow. What a waste of time. What are what, what you going to do about 50,000? Just yeah. forget it. Man, that's like Disney steps there. I know. Let me give you the exact... 18,399 oh. steps. And how, how far is that for you? Because 10 stride. miles. 10 miles because yeah. of your stride? Yeah, 10.05 miles. Um, but I'm feeling really bad because the first two days I've kind of like literally stepped it up. And now I my, I've, my feet hurt. I don't want to walk anymore. Yeah. So I can't get a zero today. <laughs> yeah. So I got to like figure it out. I don't know. I'm One gonna... thing you got to do someday though, because huh. I did it a couple of times. You got to walk a marathon, not an actual, but walk the distance of a marathon just to I, see what those people go through. I've only ran a half marathon. I've never done a oh, full. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, in Kuwait, I ran a half marathon. And Who was I, chasing you? <laughs> everyone. I knew it. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of, oh, pe- lot of people money. Um, but <laughs> oh, that's really I, nice. I don't think I'll ever do a marathon. And I'm, I, yeah. I run a lot. Like I do like three to four miles like every other day or so. Um, I 
don't I think 10 miles is can be enjoyable. I don't see myself ever enjoying 26. That's, no, I understand. That, that sounds terrible. I did a speech yeah. once cuz they asked me to run in a marathon and I said, "Okay, I'll run in the marathon, but we don't want the Kenyans." <laughs> <laughs> well, guys win every goddamn race now. I agree. They man, those fellas can run, yeah. can't they? Yeah. Woo! Did you know what we should do? This is what you would do, but really good is that Susan Susan G. Coleman walk for the cure. Oh yeah, yeah, that's very nice. It's like ten miles a day for three days, and you end yeah. up doing thirty miles, and yep. you camp out. I mean, we don't have to camp, right? We well, you camp, camp out, really? Yeah. Like, where do they walk it? I, it's all over the city. I mean, people do that. I'm not I think, camping in downtown Minneapolis. I can promise you that. I don't that know. ain't happening. I, somebody has done it. I mean, so many people have done it. Should call in. You would kill in that because you can just keep walking. I do walk. I can walk forever. You can walk forever. Because I got those Easter ham calves. I can walk f- for quite a bit. I love um, it. I love walking. I get a little really impatient. I always want to run. Um, yeah. But I don't think that. I could run 10 miles a day for three days in a row while sleeping outside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my running. God. It's like Why a rag. So where do you sleep? I, I just don't understand where All right, you sleep. I'm going to do some research because I feel like that's something we could do. Right, get back to me. Okay. We, I, I would do that with you if you want to walk a 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever. For three days? Okay, but I don't I, care. All right. The hell do I care? I'll do it. As long as you don't talk. I... I'm fine with that. <laughs> but you know that you would die if I didn't talk. That's probably true. You would go, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? What, do you, you hate me? It. You hate me now? I know like, you hate me. Yeah, let's get that. No, I seriously, I love walking. I walk every day. As a matter of fact, the reason I do walk a mile at my house before I, I come in every day is it literally makes me feel a lot better than when I first woke up. Yeah. It just does. It makes me feel great. You're, you get the blood flow through your noggin and all that good stuff. You're good at that. I will not wake up a minute earlier than I have to. I'm a little older than you, so you get used to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I understand what you're saying, because when I was your age, I wouldn't do it either. No. But now it's a different kettle of fish, and you move on with life. Um, it's almost embarrassing how the time I wake up to the time I get out the door, how quick that time is. It's like yeah. three minutes. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put on a little menin tomorrow. What do you right? Say? Take the extra step. Let's let the extra put on a little deodorant. That'd be good. Bye, oh. Menon. Bye, <laughs> Menon. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts.